Hi, this is Steve O'Mooney, and you're listening to another great show only on the 4i Radio Network. For more great shows, feel free to check out www.4iradio.com. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug. And I'm Derek. And is your spider sense tingling? There is... Nobody home. Oh. <laughs> Nailed it. To listen no. to the show, find us on foridradio.com and wherever you get your podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And we would like to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular tier patrons, Bo, Carl, Eric, Katie and mm. Jason. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and we have a, a bit of Patreon business to attend to because we actually had a couple of word snappers words last week and they just so happened to both be Halloween themed jokes. Um, <laughs> so you might have caught on to that at the end of last week's episode. But if you didn't, uh, they were from Carl and Katie and they submitted Vampire's Worst Fear Tooth Decay. And scariest plant, bamboo, respectively. <laughs> good, good ones. Made me made me sound like I was just a regular jokester on that episode last week. <laughs> that I was just coming up with those on my yeah. own, but I cannot take credit for either of them. <laughs> I mean, as someone who submitted one of those, I totally riffed off of Carl's uh, theme. Oh. So <laughs> credit to Carl nice. for real. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Well, that voice you hear, especially if you have uh, followed us along with our 1967 stuff from the the start, from episode 100 of ours, um, you might recognize that voice. That's Katie. They're back uh, to talk about another set of 1967 episodes. How's it going, Katie? Yeah, it's going pretty good. I'm excited to be here. Got some stuff to talk about in this uh, in this yeah. duet. Stuff. Probably Definitely more stuff. excited about one than the other. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> because uh, as we ran into with our last batch of 1967 uh, episodes, you just never know when you're going to get one of the real bad ones that you yeah. wish didn't exist. Uh, and, uh, you know, thanks there's for coming here. up to address yeah. one yeah. of those. <laughs> yeah, There's at least one more in this show that I already know about. It's not oh, in this. Great. It's not in this batch that we're doing. Luckily, we don't, we don't have to deal with that for a while. But there, <laughs> there's at least break. one more that I can think about. That's like, oh, we're going to need somebody on for that one. But all right. <laughs> oy, 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 oy. Well, Katie, you talked a little bit about your background with Spider-Man last time you joined us. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked with us about Kilowatt Caper and one of my favorites, The Peril of Parafino. Mm. Here's a great question for you. Have you watched any Spider-Man 1967 since then? <laughs> wow. Um, I bet you could not guess my answer, which is definitely no. Uh, definitely all of it. Oh. <laughs> I, love the, I love the definitely. That was a very pointed definitely. <laughs> I mean, I'd be open. I, I said I'd be open to it, but I have not sought it out. Um, so, uh, you know, I yeah, I'm just here enjoying it whenever I get to with y'all. Yeah, nice. well, and it's not necessarily easy to find. Folks can watch along if you search for it. You'll end up bumping into it, but it's not streaming anywhere. Uh, it's yeah. not available legally anywhere. Uh, there are, except for DVDs, which are really, really expensive. So it's not necessarily the easiest show to watch if you favor watching things in a legal manner. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are talking about two segments because that's how the 67 show works. We are talking about Spider-Man meets Dr. Noah Body and the Fantastic Fakir, which I'm going to tell you right off the bat, they never say correctly in this show mm -hmm. uh, because they think it's a fun pun to say the fantastic faker. Um, they are aired in that order and we are going to reverse them in the order that we talk about them because uh, the fantastic Fakir 
is racist. So we're just going to do that one first. <laughs> yeah. I actually uh, didn't even realize they were saying faker and they were trying to say, you know, make the the joke about fakir because I didn't yeah. even, I was like, they're so different. Yeah. I didn't even realize that. It's and faker is even right. a word. It's not even a good joke. Like it's not- no. <laughs> no, no, it's not. No. Um, yeah. But because we'd rather sort of like end with fun um, yeah. and not sort of like, keep people in suspense over yeah. how we're going to talk about the shitty one. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the shitty one first, and then sure. we'll talk about the fun one yeah. last. Yeah. I think the, I think the fun one is actually like a good episode of a good segment of this show. Like, I was so, pleased. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah I, yeah. I really like that. So we can just, you know, I will, well, I want to say breeze through this one, but it won't be a breeze. We can <laughs> get through this one. <laughs> Yeah, and we'll exactly. Fun Power on the through. <laughs> Power through. That's the right. That's the best yes. way to put it. So this is Spider-Man 1967, season one, episode 12, segment B, The Fantastic Fakir. Um, and here is Derek's synopsis. <laughs> Spider-Man, unfortunately, meets another racist stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's the episode. That's, That's it. it. That's the whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> the original air date was November 25th, 1967. That's all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the characters for this one are the aforementioned Fantastic Fakir, voiced unfortunately by the same guy who voices Spider-Man, uh, Paul oh, Souls. So that was a bummer to learn, uh, because as you would probably expect, he does a horrible accent. It's yeah. <laughs> It's not even just the accent either. It's like the accent the plus the voice he's putting on is really weird. Like I and I'm not exactly like it's almost like he like pitches himself up or something. Like and it's just it all just sounds it sounds like he is trying to do the most cartoonish stereotype imaginable. It's really it's just not even a good performance. I don't feel like. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Not great. No. I mean it's 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 so cartoonish um cartoonishly racist that half the time it's difficult to even understand what he's saying yeah it's like so. it's almost like a kermit the frog kind of voice if kermit the hmm. like if kermit mm-hmm. the frog had a really bad i guess he's try. i guess he's trying to do an indian accent i don't even know but it's unclear yeah yeah <laughs> they, they're unconcerned yeah uh with making it make any sort of sense yeah. So, um, something that we can be a little bit more high on is that Peg Dixon vo- gets to voice another character in the show because they only know one uh, woman voice actor. Uh, so she voices Mrs. Van Meer, who is kind of like a fun, kooky character in this, and she is largely inoffensive, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, she's she um, wears a crown. So, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> I would too, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so those are the only real new characters we get here, but no new voice actors. So let's just dive right into this one. Let's power through this wonderful segment <laughs> mm. <laughs> that all of us are so excited to talk about, uh, the Fantastic Fakir. So this segment kicks off with Spider-Man discovering the theft of a prized ruby from Jin Jameer, which is another 1967 only location. I was wondering about to- that. It's not real. Um, this is a thing the show does, um, yeah. but it is more of a concern when it is uh, a culture that no one... Yeah, when it's racist. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, and this is. So um, So this prized ruby from Jin Jameer at the hands of a fakir, which also makes no sense because uh, my very limited understanding is that a f- the word fakir refers to folks who give up worldly possessions. Yep. <laughs> so making them a thief... Uh, especially of sense. like, yeah, it makes no sense at all. But look, they didn't they have didn't the know. internet. They didn't have Google, so they have no responsibility to get anything. <laughs> yeah. Dictionaries of, of did not exist. <laughs> <laughs> totally how that works. <laughs> it's actually disappointing. It's it's like even more disappointing because it makes it so clear that they literally just heard a word that they knew was from a different culture that they could make a pun with. And we're just like, who cares what it means? It's a pun. And it's like, it's not because you're not even saying it right, but okay. (laughs) So these events of this prize ruby being stolen result in the refusal of Jin Jameer's Maharaja to appear at the jeweler's convention. And the reason he's even there in the States for this convention is because several of these jewels are ones that initially belonged to him that he either gifted to people or donated to museums, um, which is 
cool, I guess. Uh, spoiler, we never actually get to meet the real Maharaja, so hopefully he would have been cool. Um, but I doubt this show would do that, so maybe it's best we didn't meet <laughs> yeah, another character. Yeah, probably for the best. <laughs> Um, in turn, this prompts Jameson to blame Spider-Man for the theft, no surprise there, and assign Peter to do the impossible task of getting photos of the stolen ruby and the Maharaja on his yacht after the Maharaja said he was not going to make any sort of appearances. So, cool assignment, Jonah. Yeah, the worst <laughs> boss. Absolutely. Betty even <laughs> says, like, he can't get those photos. How is he going to get on the boat? And Jonah's just like, I don't care. Yeah, he's like, he'll figure it out. <laughs> All right. Cool. So naturally, Peter suits up and uses his spidey powers to access the yacht. He does snap a picture of the Maharaja, noting that he appears to have the missing ruby affixed to his turban. Spider-Man is discovered. He clashes with several guards, uh, all of whom are terrible caricatures. Oh, my gosh. And the swords. Non-specific. Yep. Yep. (laughs) All of it. Basically, like, imagine sort of the worst bits of Aladdin and making them even worse. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's kind of what this this segment does. Yeah. What really got me was that everybody who was not a racist stereotype was like wearing long sleeves or jackets and they're out here with vests pulling an Aladdin with like no, no shirt on underneath. It's like they're on a boat. It is extra cold there. None of this makes sense. They also draw them in like very exaggerated caricaturized ways where everybody on this show normally has like very standard proportions, Mm -hmm. very sort of realistic, albeit cartoonified faces. Mm -hmm. And these are just like straight up racist caricatures. Yeah. (laughs) Well, actually, no, unabashedly. Not to totally derail your plot synopsis real quick, but like one of the things that I posted was concept art from the uh the, the behind the scenes book that i have for this show mm-hmm. um i don't i'm not gonna post it online or whatever because it's not it, nobody needs to see it but it's even like even the concept art is even like worse for oh it because gosh, the way yeah. that they draw fakir yeah the maharaja looks pretty much the same but in, the way they draw the fakir is like his eyes are like almost his entire head like the width of his entire head and very like slender yeah. um and and like kind of the slanted look that you know is is often done with a lot of asian caricatures um and yeah like it's very clear like his proportions are weird like his arms are like super long compared to the rest of his body and like yeah. no one on this show is ever drawn like that you know no i feel like yeah. they made him look like a snake to be extra for sure. racist for his like snake charmer oh music abilities with that that's like exactly, thing down his center. That's mm-hmm. exactly what it is. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yep. Yeah, they tried to make him look as alien and sort of snake like as possible, mm-hmm. um, which is not cool. Not great. <laughs> So Spider-Man does clash with the Fakir um, again here. Uh, The Fakir's powers, for whatever it's worth, are to create illusions, control animals, and charm any rope-like object like you would a snake, all using his flute. So it is exactly that sort of snake charmer stereotype Mm -hmm. um, that so many cartoons did. And again, even Aladdin does this type of stuff Mm -hmm. um, like well into the 90s. so, you know, it's exactly what you'd expect. I mean, we've even seen this same exact caricature on uh, episodes, I think, was it 81 or Amazing Friends? Uh, or maybe it was the same exact show. But we've seen this before. It's not even the first or only time we've talked might... about some sort of weird snake charmer thing. Was it Spider... It might have been Spider-Woman, maybe? It was probably Spider-Woman. Yeah, because she Spider-Woman's fun, but it has some unfortunate, <laughs> ill-informed yeah. moments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, ultimately, Spider-Man does escape the yacht, and he examines his photos to uh, sort of like, I guess, get more info and recoup and come up with a plan. So ultimately, having learned that the Fakir is going to try to steal another famous jewel, this one called the Star Sapphire, Peter concocts a plan that involves programming a spider tracer, which I'm not sure we've seen before. No, it's Um, definitely the first time we've seen a spider tracer on this show. Yeah, which means this is the first time we've seen a spider tracer in any cartoon, which is pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. Sucks that it's this this one that it debuts yeah. in, but you know. <laughs> I know, right? I know. Not exactly an episode you want like trivia about that you can't just be like, that's the bad kind of trivia. We all wish didn't happen. <laughs> um, he takes the spider tracer. He visits the owner of the Star Sapphire, who is uh, Mrs. Van Meer, um, and he sneaks the tracer underneath it. 
as expected, the sapphire is stolen, and Spider-Man tracks uh, the Fakir right back to the yacht where he was before. So, totally worth it. <laughs> I, I was confused by that. I was like, if you know what's going to happen, why are you setting this old lady up? I and know. just going back to where you were exactly like an hour ago. So weird. Yeah. yeah. It was because, like, he didn't go to her house to protect her. No. Like, he fully let her get, like, uh, a like traumatic totally experience. roped up and probably, <laughs> yeah, yeah. probably assaulted. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Not cool, man. Not cool yeah. at all. Weird plan. Very yep. weird plan. And then there's not that much left of this episode. Basically, Spider-Man returns to the yacht. He discovers that the Maharaja is fake. Um, it's a fake created by the Fakir as I guess just a decoy or, or a way to get closer to New York city and this convention. Um, and then he stops the Fakir just with his webbing and the police arrest the Fakir. Like that's basically the rest of the episode. It doesn't really explain much more about the actual fake Maharaja other than there's a real one somewhere <laughs> on, on his way, on his way, I guess. I guess so. Um, and there's not really a big climactic fight either. It really is just sort of like a couple things that I do have a question about. So I will ask this question once I get through this next thing. But like, Ooh, it's very anticlimactic. <laughs> yeah. Um, so real quick, the episode ends with lots of alliteration around the letter F. Uh, and Jameson refusing to give Peter a bonus because he didn't actually get pictures of the real Maharaja, which is bullshit because the real Maharaja was never in New York to begin with. But that's J. Jonah Jameson for you. Yeah. <laughs> so I wonder if my question is the same as yours, Katie, which is are the things that that the Fakir made as obstacles for Spider-Man real or illusions? Oh my god. Oh. I, that was I not feel like be my question. I think it depends. I think it depends. Uh, so I did a first watch with this on Discord and I feel like the room was split. <laughs> <laughs> I think some things are fake and some things are real. I think like, you know, there's an elephant at the beginning of the episode because of, because of course if they wanted to do a caricature of like Indian people, of course they're right. going to include a fucking elephant, but there's the elephant and that is 100% fake. Like they make that a point that that's mm -hmm. kind of a mysterio style illusion. And I think there are other things that that are like that too that are just illusions, but Spider-Man does note at certain points like, oh, these crocodiles are definitely real. Oh, these coals are actually burning me. Oh, these nails are actually poking my feet. Like, I think that the Fakir has a mixture of things, kind of like Mysterio does, probably, you know, like sure. where it's some things are, I don't know if it, he's projecting holograms or whatever, or mm. it's probably supposed to just be mystical magic bullshit is all it is. But yeah, they don't some, have an explanation. Some of them are projections. Some of them are just real literal traps. I think the confusing part of it is like, is he using magic to summon the real things as well as the fake things? Mm. Because you'll see the nails and then in the next shot, the nails are gone and that could be an animation mistake or it could be meant to imply that it was like magical summoning with whatever his magical snake charming powers are because they can just or can do anything. So it's, it's all kind of, I think like it's a mixture of stuff, but it's just unclear like what the origin of it all is. And if anything is like practical or if it's all magic. Yeah. I definitely took some of the things as like real, specifically the coals and the, uh, nails because Spider-Man reacted physically to those whereas when he was going up against the elephant at the beginning it he like went through it so I don't know I was like does he, this guy just have a tricked out boat with like secret little traps everywhere <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that would be better that would be so yeah. much better <laughs> yeah I yeah that's the thing is I feel like there's a version of this that I think could actually work without the racism where if you wanted to have a character, I think we even talked about this when we were doing the discord watch where it's like this show could never pull it off, obviously. But if this was like a character that, that you, you, you wanted to reclaim where it is someone who is like a more who, like snake charmers exist. That is like a real like folk mm -hmm. and performance art that exists. So you could have a Mysterio type story where it's someone who like was a, was a, a snake charmer who decided to actually, who was also good at like setting traps and like good at making like just a good performance artists basically just be a Mysterio type character or maybe a dude with like literal telepathy or something or tele mm -hmm. telekinesis or something like that. He basically uses telekinesis essentially in this episode is all his snake charming powers amount to ultimately. So like there's a way to kind of play with that and in, in a way that the like, classical super uh, Spider-Man villains do, you know, um, it's just that 
none of it makes sense and it's all built on like a racist caricature so you know right they're zero percent interested in exploring this character because they never had respect for this character to begin with so yeah um any of these questions we have like aren't going to be answered and they never thought of answers because they don't they don't care about these people yeah (laughs) yeah so what was your question katie yeah my question was more so because uh, y'all are the true Spider-Man experts here. Have you seen <laughs> traps specifically like the nails and the hot coals? Because I feel like there's, you know, when I was reading about uh, Fakir's, there was like also this element of like having miraculous powers type of thing, being able to walk across mm-hmm. stuff, right? Like hot things. Mm-hmm, yeah. So my question was, have you seen traps like that before or did they also make the traps racist yeah i mean these are i i think that these are very specifically the traps because it's a fakir Mm. not because these are like uh standard sort of villain traps right right villains have traps but it's usually trap doors or it's like poison gas yeah poison Mm. gas or like a pit of crocodiles um, stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah I mean, they even themed his, his traps around the specific, I'm not even going to say culture singular, because it is a, a sort of mishmash of things that they just mm-hmm. thought made sense, um, but almost certainly don't all make sense yeah. together. It's like um, the vaguely, the vaguely, the vaguely mystical Asian stereotype mm-hmm. caricature is what yeah. it is. It's just like pulling from like a lot of Eastern, Eastern cultures or Eastern as as Western people understand it or have heard right. stories of or saw in the media and just like a mishmash of those things, you know, which is like yeah. not a surprise, I guess, to see in a show from 1967. It's just disappointing how fully hard they went on it for some reason. Yeah, they went in. Yeah. And it, it, it feels very different than something like Spider-Woman, which I think we often and, and you know, we don't know for sure. We often think has the vibe of a show that was maybe trying to do worldly things and just wasn't equipped to do so. And Mm -hmm. so they misstep a lot, which isn't good, but it feels like they're trying to make a show that takes place around the world. This is not that show. It's never been that show. It's not really trying to be that show. Um, So this doesn't feel the same. And when the traps are things that aren't traps in real life, like trap doors are traps. Pits of Mm -hmm. crocodiles are are traps these things that that the fakir is using against spider-man aren't traps in the real world they're typically rooted in some sort of uh tradition or practice or ritual Mm. or something like that like they're not meant to be traps so yeah it definitely feels a lot worse than the things that that spider-woman which is probably the one that we most frequently run into um sort of trying to do something cool and just like getting it slightly off yeah, it's like they came up with a theme villain in the same way that you come up with, like, the lizard is a theme villain who has a lot of, like, lizard and reptile-centric plots, except they're equating, like, <laughs> an actual, like, culture or group of cultures as a th- theme for a villain you could yeah. do. Like, they're equating, yeah. like, a, like types of people with, you know, lizards. Like, it doesn't really, you know what I mean? Like, it just, mm-hmm. it, you can't, you can't categorize, can't categorize it like that and make that, make your villain's theme, like people vaguely in some Asian countries, you know? (laughs) I think it's fair to say they absolutely were equating this sort of mishmash of a culture with animals because they literally designed the fakir to resemble Mm. a snake. So it's a bummer. It's always a bummer when we run into a segment like this. We knew that we would, um, but they suck when they come up and I wish they didn't. (laughs) Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, there are some good faces you found, though. If there, yeah. if there is a silver lining, or not a silver lining, but if there is any uh, ray of uh, of light here, I think you managed to find the little bits. Yeah. So I picked out a few faces. Um, Miss Van Meer's, Mrs. Van Meer's faces are all very funny. Um, I mean, it's, it's poor Mrs. Van Meer, who's just been traumatized yeah. and tied up and gotten her stuff stolen. Um, but I think her faces are very funny when Spider-Man finds her, <laughs> her, her screaming face. Cause it's just like very, it's very like squishy looking. And then when Spider-Man shows up, her eyes are huge and she looks Aww. so scared and makes, it makes Aww. me feel so bad for her. She's this <laughs> sweet old rich lady. I mean, yeah. I don't know how she got rich, so like she might not be a good person. But if by all right. the evidence of this episode, <laughs> she seems perfectly fine. So, you know. <laughs> and Peg Dixon was having fun, you know. She was. She was having. And a I lot support of fun. that. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, I also like Spidey's reactions. Both times he like is walking on painful objects when he's walking on coals and then walking on nails. Um, when he's walking on coals, he like leaps into a tree branch and like the way he's wrapped around it all terrified. It just is so funny because it's what like, you know, Scooby-Doo or Shaggy would do when they're yeah. leaping yeah. out of the way. But it's like, but you're Spider-Man. You like cry, climb on walls all the time. Like, why are you gripping it like for dear life with a tree branch? You could just web swing away. Like, it's very funny yeah. to see him in that position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then just like the weird little like dance he does when he's on nails which again he could just jump out of the way but instead he's just like just uh doing like a little spin and twirl around while shaking back and forth as the nails are like pricking him in his feet like doing a little dance basically it's just a very funny drawing of him yeah it's a fun bit of animation i wish they had had in a better more fun episode (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. because yeah Yeah. especially the idea of like spider-man who is constantly in the air and like moving not recognizing he can just get out of there really easily and instead like talking (laughs) as he's dancing around uh on these objects that are hurting him like that's pretty funny yeah 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 there are five other surfaces you could be walking on buddy (laughs) it's like literally one of your most characteristic powers yeah that's your thing (laughs) yeah yeah I had just had one other thing that I wanted to um, bring up that I think sure. is like relevant because I was just I was just doing like cursory research, obviously, like I'm sure we all were for this. And I found there is a Business Insider article that came out literally four days ago from our recording. Um, yeah. And it was about this uh, major Spanish newspaper that had a had an article about India's economy. Um, and it was like a positive article because like, India's actually uh, done pretty, I think done pretty well um, con- like compared to a lot of other economies recently. Uh, so it's like a good uh, article just about how their economy is actually, you know, uh, succeeding and, and doing, doing well. But um, the piece has this like cartoon drawing of a, sp- a snake charmer charming a line oh. graph and the oh, art, the Business no. Insider article <laughs> is about the pushback of it, obviously, <laughs> understandably, where it's like, so you're writing an article about how how our country is doing really well economically and yet still fall back on the sort of age old, like kind of exoticism of like Mm -hmm. magic and mystery where we're just represented as the land of snake charmers, which is like Mm -hmm. a stereotype that they're saying like that dates back to the colonial period. Like it's not, this is like such an old, like completely outdated stereotype where it, it, you know, it's like, one one type of like performance artist that existed in India and exists in, in many other countries as well, but like just representing an entire country based on that one thing, like it doesn't make any right. sense. And so like this conversation that we were sort of having now about this episode, like it's still a thing that exists. Like that is still a stereotype right. that's perpetuated. And it, and it all is just founded in like a refusal to acknowledge that, uh, you know, a lot of these countries are just people and like just a lot of these things are just founded in these really age old, you know, beliefs that Western countries have about Eastern countries, essentially that are all just like based in bullshit. Yeah. Reductive and dumb and limiting. Yeah. 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 I I think limiting is a great word because it like really illustrates like just how much this prevents any sort of understanding, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's not just that you're getting it wrong. It's that you are, like you said, limiting your own willingness or like ability to learn more in a way that would be productive. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's annoying. It's such a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess, I don't know. I, I, I guess it's good that conversations are happening, but the fact that, they're still happening in seemingly the exact same way they would have right. happened probably in the nineties. And you know, like it's just like, <laughs> yeah, I, I think know. that's, that's, a, that's, a, I think that's why I wanted to bring up that that was such a recent thing that just happened because it's like, you can, you can make as many excuses as you want for a show from 1967. I did it myself while we were, you know, while we were recording this, where it's just like, you know, how much are you going to expect from a show like this? Like, of course they're, they're going to get it wrong, but like you, you can't even really excuse it when it's still continuing to happen in 2022 in very similar yeah. ways. You might not see this to this extent in a Spider-Man cartoon, but like where these stereotypes are founded in, you still see you know, displayed in media, like all, you know, not in, in media and just like in, a, in cultural understandings just across the board. And it's really, it's really bizarre and frustrating. Yeah. That's like one of the things that's like constantly disappointing is you always find 
conversations or you find pieces of media from like many, many years ago and like, oh my gosh, how could they put this thing in there? How could they say this thing? And then like fast forward to today, like, oh, we're still, we still got this conversation. We still got this uh, messed up stuff happening. Oof. Oof, everybody. Big Mm -hmm. oof. Yeah. This next one's good though. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Let, let's let's get into the first segment because it's way more fun, and we yeah. can sort of it's it's all all uphill from here, you know. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. So this one is Spider Man nineteen sixty seven season one episode twelve segment A, and this one is called Spider Man meets Doctor Noah Body. And Derek's synopsis for this one <laughs> is Spider Man meets an invisible doctor, Noah Body. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they double down on the joke, so I feel like we should too, right? I love that. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And of course, this one aired at the, you know, same day because it's all the same episode. It's <laughs> the one we just talked about. And the character that's highlighted here is Dr. Noah Body. Um, he is voiced by Henry Raymer, who we've talked about a couple times. Uh, he voiced Henry Smythe and Grandini in previous episodes of the series. Mm-hmm. And like so many other voice actors on this show, he was a radio guy who got into cartoon voice acting. So pretty standard fare here. So this segment opens with Spider-Man discovering a note from Dr. Noah Body in J. Jonah Jameson's office claiming a big scoop. And then <laughs> Spider-Man witnessing the framing of J. Jonah Jameson when he is tempted by this big scoop and rende- or attempts to rendezvous with Dr. Body to get that scoop in an art gallery. Basically, Jameson is arrested for stealing a famous painting that Dr. Noah Body like puts under his arm without him noticing. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> and then Peter has to bail him out of jail the next day. So yeah. it's kind of a funny um kind of a funny start to it cuz I'm so used to Spider-Man being framed that yeah. it's like funny Jonah's actually the one being framed this time. It's really good. Can I just say right off the bat to you like I th- think it's so hilarious the cut from like spider-man going to the bugle because like because you know the note was being written by an invisible dude um and he goes in there he's like who's in here nobody which cuts immediately to the title screen saying spider-man meets dr (laughs) noah body which is then followed up by this by the scene where it's like nobody that's it nobody like spider-man figuring out noah body is nobody and then betty also doubling down on the Uh nobody's in there it's dr noah body like they double down on it immediately and it's like so funny how like quickly they go from like from one to the other and it's like it's like that who's on first style of humor that's just wordplay that like never <laughs> ages like it never gets old mm-hmm. and i just love it's like right off the bat it's like oh no they know what they're they don't just know what they they're doing they also know that they can make the most of this joke and like they hit the ground running with it i love yeah it. go yeah. in on this type of stuff spider-man uh, <laughs> yeah because doug i was gonna say like you know, you're enunciating too much. Uh, you really got to s- slam that all together. So it's Dr. Nobody, you know? Yeah. yeah. Dr. Also, Nobody. Dr. Body is such a good name. Right? It so is. So good. Right? How is there not like a, a really famous celebrity that goes by Dr. Body? Like, I'm sure there's plenty of people who go by Dr. Body, but I feel like it's so obviously a, a, a good punny name. You'd think there would be like one particular famous person. Right. Yeah. I also love, now maybe this was true in previous episodes, that uh, Jameson has three phones on his desk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I never realized it. So many. Yeah, the number of phones on his desk just like changes from episode to episode. I think <laughs> at one point there were four, and I've I've definitely seen two. <laughs> yeah, it's just you never know. You never know how yeah. many phones yeah. he's gonna need. Yeah. He's <laughs> For get all those that scoops. Scoop. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, when Peter bails Jameson out, he learns that Jonah has been ranting about you guessed it, Spider-Man being involved um, in his framing. So. Irritated that Jameson is giving Spider-Man credit for his work, Dr. Nobody arranges for another (laughs) rendezvous, but this time he pretends to be Spider-Man to take advantage of the fact that Jameson is pissed um, and basically says, hey, Jonah, I'm Spider-Man, and if you meet with me at this jewelry store, uh, I will sign a statement of apology for everything I've done to you. (laughs) 
this is too tempting for J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> so he's like, yes, totally. I will do this. But of course, Peter's like, that doesn't make any sense. So he suits up and he arrives to witness Jameson getting framed a second time, this time for allegedly stealing a pearl necklace. And then Spider-Man himself gets made a fool of by Dr. Body, who's still hanging around. So <laughs> two framings pretty much immediately. Yeah. I was having a blast. <laughs> so good. I... Yeah. I loved how he was like, yeah, midnight in this museum, great. 10 p.m. at this jewelry store, great. Sign me up. I am going to be there. I'm going to learn so much. How did he get in? You know? Because those aren't unlocked. I just loved everything about him, like, being like, yes, this is a good move for me. <laughs> the dude doesn't sleep, so he has no concept of time. Oh, my God. like, this God. is normal, right? Everyone's yeah. always so up true. at this hour. <laughs> so true (laughs) yeah it's so good well after jameson is bailed out of jail a second time which is totally how that works by the way you can totally get bailed out twice in like a matter of days uh they let you do that for sure i don't know if you're Um, a rich white guy that might be true (laughs) well it is funny so again uh we in our discord watch which I hope you're all ready to hear all about our Discord watches. We just started them <laughs> over the on Discord. our Discord. <laughs> um, you know, somebody commented on that. And I was thinking, like, there are iterations of J. Jonah Jameson where he is, like, the mayor. Or there are other ones, mm. like, certain cartoons where, like, basically everyone reports to him instead of the police. I mean, this very series, Spider-Man frequently drops off villains to J. Jonah Jameson as much as hmm. he drops them off to the police. It's true. So, yeah. It's so it, it the relationship that some of these properties have or establish between J. Jonah Jameson and just like New York City as a whole is really mm. weird sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, they they probably put him in jail because he's annoying, but he was never gonna stay there. <laughs> <laughs> so Jameson's been bailed out a second time, but when he gets back to the bugle, he's pretty much like immediately attacked by Dr. Body because Dr. Body is annoyed um and it's actually kind of terrifying because it's sort of poltergeisty which i think is fun Mm. Mm -hmm. and peter overhears this it's a total commotion so he suits up he quickly tricks dr body into walking through ink as body attempts to escape um which allows spider-man to follow body to his car which dr body drives directly off of a dock just outside of his hideout (laughs) (laughs) so lots of really great decision making here yeah uh, both in destroying your car and leading spider-man directly to where (laughs) you keep all of your cool shit yeah (laughs) Uh. everyone making fantastic choices the best decisions i also love the giant tubs of ink uh that are just around (laughs) for the spilling Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was that was really Look. good too. <laughs> yeah, I like the idea that a printing press works kind of like a soda fountain, where you just need <laughs> to like plug it in, you know, to a big old yeah. vat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I do like, I mean, I agree. It's very funny that they're just like open vats of ink sitting there that he can spill. <laughs> However, I do think like, I think this episode is honestly pretty well written in like getting all of these pieces to come together. Other The mm. nobody thing leading him right to the base is very silly. But like the, I think like you, if you're fighting an invisible villain, you need, it's a really classic thing to like pour paint on them, on mm, them, or make mm-hmm. them step in dirt or ink or something like that. That's what so, I thought was going to happen with that ink. I right. thought he was going to yeah. throw it on nobody. Throw it. But he, Me but too. even still, I mean, yeah, I think it would have been smarter for him to do that. But by not, you know, by by making it just footprints, then they can keep the stakes amped up for the, you know, the last yeah. little section of it. So I get that. But like to get to a place where it would, re- would be really reasonable to have easy access to ink in the first place yeah. i think is really smart so like they they have him tied to jameson in the daily bugle right from the get-go so there's always it's an easy way to make to make him reasonably be back at the bugle without having to like force you know force some story point for him to get there so he can be at a place where he can step in ink like i think that yeah it's really simple but i mean for a show like this that often just throws out bullshit sometimes like I, I think that the story like the actual plot progression of this one is pretty seamless honestly like all things considered you know mm-hmm. yeah and it's fun mm-hmm. yeah it's 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 a lot of fun i yeah. i really like the 67 show when it's doing like just silly things yeah um and what's funny is like jameson last week katie we talked about an episode where 
like the villain was basically motivated by Jameson telling her she couldn't have a column in the newspaper. Mm. And I feel like this show <laughs> really creates a lot of drama around Jameson and the bugle in a way that's kind yeah. of fun. Like, not yeah. that I'm saying it's fun to harass journalists, but J. Jonah Jameson's an asshole. So yeah. uh, it's kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then, it, and then it, and then it works really well with this one too, because they feel like the arc of Noah body getting more aggressive with Jameson, like, where he he's mad that Jameson is blaming Spider-Man for the first frame job, right? Which then makes nobody mad and continue to go after Jameson. And but it's in character for Jameson to blame everything on Spider-Man. Right. So it makes sense that nobody would. So it like kind of actually helps nobody's like obsession with Jameson like you know continue understandably. Like Rampa. so, I say this. I think this is actually pretty well written. Like all of it makes sense at least within the mm-hmm. confines of how the show works. Yeah. I also love how much Noah Body wants to be recognized by Jameson, but like literally he's invisible and like intentionally (laughs) invisible. Uh, I just like love that dissonance or whatever it creates when I think about it. There's an interesting poetry to it. Yeah. Yeah. He's like pissed that no one's recognizing him for his deeds, but literally no one can see him doing that. Right. Exactly. (laughs) I just want to feel, I just want to feel seen. I just want people to see me, says the invisible (laughs) guy. Like there's beautiful poetry to that. (laughs) Who who chooses to be invisible and like re-ups being invisible. Right. <laughs> right. That's the big we, thing. Cause like they could have built a sort of, right, right. Right. They could have built up like an invisible story type thing where like, yes, this person longs to be seen, like literally mm-hmm. a- as opposed to just figuratively. But no, this guy's choosing this. He literally has a machine <laughs> that keeps him invisible and seemingly he has to re up constantly. Mm-hmm. Like after his fight with Spider Man, he's like, Oh, I better go to my machine so I don't uninvisibilize um <laughs> it's so goofy it's yeah. so funny and this machine is just like out there like it's just out in the open in his hideout that he led spider-man directly to so when they actually get there <laughs> spider-man's just like oh that's the machine that you like that's the machine that you need let me just go ahead and gunk that shit up and fuck it up real bad um <laughs> and that's that's pretty much it like that's kind of how he defeats nobody because like he fucks up his machine pisses off nobody webs him up and that's it. <laughs> He's just like <laughs> fucked up your toy. <laughs> yeah. It's really funny. Um, and I fully expected we would get to see what Nobody looked like. Uh, and I think I'm actually happier we don't. <laughs> I loved the like swooshy, smoky figure that we kind of saw uh, yeah. when he was becoming visible. But I, I did. At first I was hoping I would see. But then I was like, nothing is going to be better than this. So... <laughs> right it's like nothing's gonna be better than this and it allows him to come back for a second episode mm, i exactly. doubt he does but he could he, yeah oh he does he does show up again actually oh, oh, oh that's so exciting i didn't know that <laughs> it's a little funny to say he does show up again except he's invisible eh? so technically he doesn't uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to Okay, this is such a this is such a tangent. This is such a tangent, but it's about so a guy. So, did you ever hear about the the funny? It's not even it's not like really a controversy, but like fun, funny, silly internet controversy about Hotel Transylvania with the Invisible Man in those yes. movies, where like <laughs> no. for there was like four, I think four Hotel Transylvania movies. I have seen yes. none of them, though I've heard the first three are good. I heard the first, the fourth one wasn't, but. But um, uh, the, the, through the, like, the first three movies, The Invisible Man, you never see him. And apparently, like, people just, like, felt like he was giving off, like, really hot guy vibes. So, like, a lot of people, like, were really crushing on him. Amazing. Um, and then in the fourth movie, the whole plot of the movie is like people, like all the monsters sort of like their powers get swapped or they lose them or whatever. And so the invisible man, of course, becomes visible and his character model was very distinctly drawn to or created to be not hot. And people were <laughs> furious about how not hot the visible invisible man was. So all this talk about like being happy that we never actually see Noah body in real life. I feel like that's just what I was thinking of the whole time. Like we don't actually see if Noah body is hot or not. We can just imagine he's just the hottest (laughs) character ever made. If we wanted to, we'll never know. I mean, he must be the invisible man in hotel Transylvania was exactly. Exactly. You can stand Noah body now instead of hotel Transylvania invisible man. (laughs) 
That is so yeah. funny. It's yeah, it's always what you can't have or can't know. You know what I right. mean? Mm. The unknowable is so attractive. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, uh with Dr. Nobody all webbed up, uh his his antics are over for now. And mm-hmm. in a notable act of kindness towards Jameson, Spider-Man leaves a note that clears Jameson's name. Basically just says, Hey, he didn't do it, he was framed. Um and I would, you know, I, I don't think it's a bad thing for Spider-Man to do. I think he ultimately ends up there. But Spider-Man frequently like toys with the idea of like really fucking jameson over (laughs) that is a thing that he does sometimes so it kind of took me took me off guard i guess because this show is never going to change the status quo they always kind of need to reset things um but there was a part of me that was like just let him be fucked over for like a day you know (laughs) (laughs) hold on to the joke for a second yeah, yeah, yeah. like you know peter would be out of a job probably if jameson was in prison unfortunately Mm. but yeah I agree. Just like give it a couple days to make him squirm a little bit, and yeah, then make him sweat. Spider-Man, you know, swoops in at the last second and and saves his hide, and then he has to like like it's gonna make it even sweeter when he does that. So oh yeah, 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 missed opportunity. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, this episode ultimately ends with Jameson scoffing at a letter he gets from someone claiming to basically have teleportation powers. Um, He words it in a really funny way, but I think it's just somebody who says that they can teleport. Mm -hmm. Um, But Betty reminds him, hey, you said the same thing or you scoffed the same (laughs) way at Dr. Nobody. Uh, And so he immediately changes his tune and shouts, I believe him. I believe him. (laughs) Um, And that's uh, that's that. I think it's very funny, actually. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, needless to say, I didn't even have to ask for the last segment how he felt about that because it sucked. <laughs> uh, but this one, Katie, how did you feel about this segment of the show? I thought it was fun. And uh, because it was first, I uh, had a real downhill uh, spike after watching it because like oh it started off with a lot of pun and wordplay like i'm here yeah. for this and then it it's continued to stay funny and silly uh so i i enjoyed this one how about y'all yeah. i like this one this is actually might be one of my favorite segments that we've seen so far of of this show um just because it's like really it's like like i said it's like kind of weirdly well written in a, in a way that it that there is definitely like kind of forethought when they were mm. when they were putting it together it's still a very simple story like it's a really mm-hmm. kind of basic invisible man story but i think just adding the element of like framing j jonah jameson multiple times just mm. makes it so fun so fun and makes it stand out among you know the countless spider-man is framed or spider-man faces an invisible foe stories that like it ends up uh, you know, just just still kind of feeling kind of different than a lot of the other ones, and yeah, all the all the puns and wordplay, just it, it's it feels like they had fun writing this one, and it doesn't always feel like that with a show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I love so many of the '67 original villains, ones that never show up anywhere else, ones that aren't racist, <laughs> um, and just kind of exist either in one or two episodes and have like a very, very specific power. They feel like sort of old classic villains. And I love to imagine like a sinister six that is made of just these sort of old 1967 Mm. uh, cartoon exclusive villains. And I am wondering, do you all think Mm -hmm. (laughs) that Dr. Nobody uh, has any legs in a sinister six among this, this crew? Um, Okay, I don't want to spoil anything, Doug. <gasps> I will oh say that the episode God. he comes back, it's not exactly what you might be thinking, but the episode that he shows up again for, there is an <gasps> Villain element team up episode? Of, of, of what you might be thinking. <gasps> oh my gosh. Whoa. <laughs> it, that's especially funny because I felt like I would have leaned towards like, I think he needs like one more thing, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe maybe there's one more thing, or maybe teaming up with somebody is the one more thing. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Find out. I think there's lots of potential for an invisible foe, especially one like him who kind of just acts like a poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a lot of fun. I think yeah. it's different than like a stealthy invisible foe. Yeah. yeah. And he he got Spider Man, so it it definitely like create some tension when he. Uh, mm-hmm strapped him up on that chair which also the way spider-man got out of that chair was amazing shimmying out of the rope and then twirling something above <laughs> his head it was so good 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Spider-Man moves in really fun ways in these two segments, but I feel like we didn't get a lot of like web constructs. Like he didn't do mm-hmm. a lot of like fun shapey things. Um he did a little bit, but not like a ton, you know. Yeah. 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 You know what else I like about Dr. Nobody? What? He has a skull inkwell in his office or lab. He does have a skull <laughs> inkwell. <laughs> it's, it's the so coolest cool. thing I have ever seen. <laughs> Derek's going to start taking all of his notes for the show with a fountain pen dipped in a skull inkwell. <laughs> pretty rats <laughs> at the very least like in a skull like pen holder or something like yeah. that's definitely doable. that's cool yeah 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah this one's so much fun mm-hmm. i would like to see Noah body uh adapted into another property at some point i think he could be i mean you visible villains are like so fun to do you yeah. can i mean it's one of those things where like there's a ton of them out there but like there's always some little spins you can have on. Yeah. You can you can do something with Noah Body if you wanted to. Yeah. It's like a dozen electrodes at this point, so why not? Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be easier to draw, you know. Oh my god, right? <laughs> can you imagine how thrilled they were when uh like the animators were when they were like, Yeah, we have a villain, um, and you don't have to draw him ever. Yeah. Like uh you don't have to do anything other than throw some objects around. Yeah. Sometimes it's like smoky, but that's it's not even fully human shaped there, so mm-hmm. right, right, yeah, <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yeah, they love to do weird body stuff on this show, and I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Speaking of smoky, <laughs> I don't know why that's the thing that just caught my attention. But <laughs> something I thought was really funny is that when Jameson's getting framed for it's the first frame job, I guess, when he's framed for like sealing the painting or whatever. He's at the art gallery and he's just like smoking a cigar in the art gallery, like by a bunch of like unprotected priceless paintings. (laughs) Okay. Do we know, like, I know that you used to be able to smoke kind of like anywhere. Sure. Do you think that applied to museums? They probably had sections or something. Because I feel like people have known for a while that like you don't want to mess with paintings and smoke would definitely, you know, mess with paintings. I don't know. I though. feel like you like, probably couldn't smoke in a library. I mean, for a very different reason, but like, even just like, it would mess up books. Right. Aside from setting them on fire, it would still mess up books. Hmm. So, like, I feel like anywhere where you sort of keep things in an archive or like in a pres- like preserved state, I would hope that you wouldn't be allowed to smoke in those places, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, Jameson doesn't give a fuck, so yeah. he's going mean, to do he's it regardless. At midnight. He's doing That's it. true. <laughs> no one's going to stop him. <laughs> he's got a key to the city or something. Who knows? Like, <laughs> But a literal one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, like this. I like this segment a lot. Yeah. Me, me too. too. I also really like this emotional journey that Peter goes on when Jameson is talking on the phone with the alleged spider-man mm. um this is what i pulled for my faces of the episode it's three like very distinct faces that peter makes it's also like the most baby face sort of romita ish yeah. uh spider-man ever <laughs> like, very like disney prince eyes yeah um but like not fully on not, nothing's on model on this show but he, he does look sort of different and his head doesn't move like his body doesn't move, just his face <laughs> changes uh, from like confusion oh, to consternation so to shock, uh, all while Jameson is supposedly talking to Spider Man, and I think it's very funny. Yeah, so roller good. coaster of emotion. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> his eye color changes a bunch in that scene too. Like I think it goes oh back from God, blue to does. like reddish brown a bunch. <laughs> yeah, did you catch that, Katie? His eyes changing back and forth. I so do not weird. remember catching it. I'm, but I believe you and believe that it would happen a thousand percent. I'm disappointed yeah. in myself. Yeah. There's a point where they're just like red. I knew, I know that they're, they thought they were making them brown, but they just look red. It just looks like <laughs> straight up red eyes. So creepy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Well, Katie, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for doing that. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Mostly fun. 
Right. Yeah. Right. Like fifty percent fun. Yeah. Half yeah. fun. Not you what, know. Whatever we run into these like really deeply, deeply racist bad episodes, it's always like, who can we get on here that's like not going to hate our guts for bringing them on for like, talk intelligently about it yeah so you're on our list yeah thanks for trusting me yeah trusted (laughs) friends for these types of shitty episodes (laughs) yeah well katie if people want to uh find perhaps something you're working on or hear your voice more uh, where might they do that? Yeah, so you can find me on a podcast uh, with, with Doug and what? our friend Vicky. It's called uh, the Novel Gaming Podcast, and we've got a Twitter that I think is at Novel Gaming Pod. Uh, so mm-hmm. you can follow us on there too. Uh, those are that's the main spot. Oh, we do occasionally have like uh, YouTube videos if you look up Novel Gaming Podcast on YouTube as well, which are not actually. Yeah. Our podcast episodes, mostly just gaming stuff. <laughs> yeah. Katie puts together uh, really cool Animal Crossing games for me and Vicky to oh, play. It's so fun. And it's always really, really fun. <laughs> so uh, if you like Animal Crossing, check that out. And we play other games on there too, but uh, those are always the highlight for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice. Well, if you would like to hear more from Derek and me, you can do that all over the place. I would have you check out our Patreon first uh, at patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers. Katie is one of our amazing patrons. Uh, thank you so much, Good Katie. investment. Ah, yeah. There are <laughs> over 100 extra episodes over there on Patreon. Yeah. And most of them are available for just a dollar a month, um, which equates to like less over the course of a whole year than like one month of Netflix. I'm just saying. Uh. And... Uh, you should check out our Discord. I've been trying to get it popping over there, um, and and conversations are starting to bubble in more than just one channel at a time now, uh, which is really really cool. And I started doing first watches uh, over there, so I actually watched all of the episode, uh, all the segments of these sixty seven episodes uh, that we talked about these past couple weeks on Discord with a group of folks who just popped in. We chatted about them uh, while they were happening. It was really fun. So uh, check out our Discord. There should be a link in the show notes, and uh, I'll post you know when I'm doing watches of stuff in there, um, and when I'm not, just hang out and talk with folks. If you'd like to find us individually, you can do that too. Derek, where can people find you and the things you're working on? You can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find my podcast, Gimmicks, which is a TV podcast. It looks at the high-concept, experimental, structure-breaking, gimmicky episodes of television with a different show and a different guest for every episode. And that's anywhere you get your podcasts, as well as on Twitter and Instagram at GimmicksPod. What about you, Doug? Katie already mentioned our podcast novel, Gaming, but if you want to hear me on yet another podcast, (laughs) uh, you can do that right here on the 4-Eyed Radio Network with Victory Road. It's a Pokemon podcast. We're gearing up for a new set of games in Scarlet and Violet, so uh, check that stuff out if you're into Pokemon stuff. And if you'd like to hear just a little bit more from me and Derek together, you should check out our monthly podcast, Falling with Style. It's an ongoing Pixar movie marathon where we watch every Pixar film chronologically. Our episode on Turning Red is out now wherever you get your podcasts, which means we've only got one regular episode left once Lightyear... Uh, well, light years out, but once we get to it, that's that's the end of our regular stuff, and then we got to figure out what to do. Uh, <laughs> but that means you got a whole slew of Pixar themed episodes out there, um, and you can get them wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit us on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com for a full archive of all of our walloping web snapper and following with style episodes and you can follow walloping web snappers on twitter instagram and facebook at walloping web pod you can email us at walloping web snappers podcast at gmail.com and of course please rate review and subscribe on all podcast platforms because if you like what we're doing here somebody else will too and they just haven't found us yet next week spidey faces a haunted ghost ship and a haunted ghost theater oh that sounds awesome <laughs> I know, right? I got excited just reading that. I hadn't read it. Um, <laughs> in these segments, Return of the Flying Dutchman and Farewell Performance. Yeah. See you fun. then. See ya. Bye. The sea holds many secrets, but none as startling as the riddle of the Flying Dutchman. Only by defeating the uncanny Mysterio can I hope to learn the answer. But the ghost ship's creepy crew has other ideas. Don't miss it. 
Everyone loves magic, and so does your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. But when I finally meet the mysterious Blackwell the Magician, it's going to be the farewell performance for one of us. Be here to see which one. Spider-Man. 